The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. be anointed to hear, let every heart receive to receive all that you have today, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you go with me to Luke's gospel, Luke's gospel, chapter 3. John the Baptist is speaking. He answered them, saying unto them, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor. He will gather the wheat into Ghana, but the chaff he will burn with fire, unquenchable. I want to use as a title for this morning's message, opening up this whole week was uh, a title I've used many times before, but it's very appropriate for what we're doing here at this fire conference. Jesus, the baptizer and the Holy Ghost and fire. Because when you begin to talk along these lines to religious people outside of Pentecostal circles. And again, like I mentioned earlier today, a Pentecostal group that believe fire is only for suffering or for purifying. Well, it's for many things. It's also to propel you, to move you. But we are not the ones that instituted this idea. People say, why do you have fire week? To get everybody under the fire. And then why do you have services where the Holy Ghost can move? To keep the fire burning. You've heard me talk about the wet blanket tribe. Some of the biggest problems we have is with the wet blanket tribe. They always go around to put the fire out. No matter what God's doing, they're going to put the fire out or tell you to calm down. Listen, you just need to calm down. You know, there's people here, they don't know Jesus. That's not the reason to calm down. That's the reason to even... Let that fire burn. The world is looking for something that is real. They're not looking for calm down Christians that have a low combustion, you know, like a little spark. I'll just keep the spark going. I don't want to offend anybody. What are you talking about? The person you end up offending is the Holy Spirit because it goes back to the scripture I just read to you where he said, don't be a coward with a craven, cringing, and fawning fear. That's what happens. Well, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. They already do. They already do. I can get any family member to say that you are certifiable. Don't sit here and look at me like that. I promise you, if I come around, your family, friends, love what they'll say, eh. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then especially that you're sitting here on a Sunday morning. So now for religious people, it is, well, Jesus came to save us. He did. He did come to save you, but that's not just his sole purpose. The work of salvation is the start of what he wants to do. Are you with me? He didn't just come to save you from a lost eternity. He came to save you. He came to deliver you. He came to put his word on the inside of you. He came then to put his Holy Spirit on the inside of you so that he could use you to accomplish heaven's purpose and plan. And I can say this with all boldness because I don't care who you are, where you're from. If I can take you and subject you to the word and to the Holy Ghost, within three years, no one will even recognize you. And you won't ever recognize yourself because suddenly you step out of the natural into the realm of the supernatural. We've got enough people operating in the natural realm. God wants his people operating in the supernatural realm. You say, is it, is it going to offend some people? Probably. Probably. Jesus came to fill you. I'm going to save you, but I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And I like what the old African-American preacher prayed. He, he, you know, was praying for revival. I said, Lord, dip me in the kerosene of your spirit and then set my heart ablaze that I can burn for you. So wouldn't that be great if the Lord dipped every one of you in the kerosene? of the Holy Spirit and set you on fire. Wouldn't that be amazing? And that that fire keeps burning. Somebody said, well, you wouldn't be able to work. Yeah, of course you'd be able to work. Of course you'd be able to work. Of course you'd be able to do everything you're supposed to do. You'll just do it at another level. You're making some people nervous over there. <laughs> the peanut gallery is on fire tonight today. Acts 1 and verse 8 says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And what is the result? You're going to be witnesses unto me, starting in your home, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I always say this, if you looked at where I came from and where I am now, I'm in the furthest most part of the earth. We ride in the swamplands. This is swamp. How many knew that this is swamp? All the, all the sand underneath here is beach. It's swamp. We don't have a high elevation. I think there's certain parts here in Florida is 30 feet high, 40 feet. 
up where I live, with probably, I think it's 90 foot high, one or two places. But other than that, it's below sea level. Welcome to the swamplands. So our job is to take each and every person, obviously get people saved. That's we focus on, number one focus of this ministry is salvation, and then to get people baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Because that's how God's going to then use you to accomplish heaven's purpose and plan. That's what revival's all about. That's why we go to churches to bring revival. Some people think revival is just music and people running and dancing. It's not. I've been in a lot of churches, a lot of noise, a lot of music. There's no revival. Because revival's in here. It's not an outward thing. It's an in, inward thing here. Yes. In other words, you could have all of that and go through the motions, but the fire's not there. In other words, you're going through what resembled revival in the church world, but the passion is not there. Because the moment the service is finished, you finished. You disconnected. A person that's on fire, that fire is there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know? It's not like we've got to raise them from the dead. You know how you do it? Well, you just need to pray for me. I had the fire last night, it all left today. <laughs> the fire is burning. You go to sleep with it, you wake up with it. Yeah, yeah. Amen. God's dealing with you in the night hours. The Lord speaks to you. You're in the shower, the Lord talks to you. Amen. <laughs> so, as we always tell people, one touch from God and everything changes. These people calling the prayer lines right now. They need a touch from God. They need a miracle. They need something. And they're not in, obviously, if they're calling the prayer line, they're not in church. There's no church. We're watching from some town, some city, their church closed because of COVID. And I promise you right now, if church is closed in 2020 because of what came along, they're not ready for 2025. <laughs> they already announcing, if you watch my news program this morning, I mean, Klaus Schwab has announced a full wholesale lockdown of the planet here by 2025. That's what they're planning. Are they going to get it right? Well, they're going to have to rearrest me because I ain't shutting down. So they'll have to rearrest all river people. But what I'm saying is that's what they're planning. So if churches caved in 2020, they were, they, people will be totally out of the ministry by 25. I'm not making this stuff up. Unfortunately, I know too much about what's coming. That's why we have to get everybody under the anointing of the Spirit of God, because no matter what situation you find yourself in, the Holy Spirit will be leading and guiding you, whether you're in a service or out of service, because the service is on the inside of you. Are you with me? And that's important for families, for children, for husband, wife, mothers, so one touch from God, and you'll never be the same. You know, Pastor Eric and Jennifer, when he first came to the meeting, that first meeting you came to, what was it? What month was it? November. November of 96, he came to the meeting. By the way, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday. So he came to the meeting. In 96, had never fallen on the power, was in business, you know. They were just about making money. Jennifer was hungry for God. She kept following us around the planet, giving all his money away. 
He couldn't, didn't know why his wife wasn't home. He called her. She was laughing at 2 o'clock in the morning. He said, Jennifer, are you drunk? She says, yes, I'm drunk, I'm drunk. He thought, oh, my God, I better go find out what's going on with my wife. So he flew to Lake Charles, Louisiana. And let's play the clip. This is the first meeting he came to in November of 96. You'll see I had a little bit more hair back in them days. But roll it, Pastor Eric got touched. Roll it. Tell me they were, they were following me. Tell me they were on it. Tell me they knew that I was going to play it. Tell me they were being led by the Holy Ghost back in the television. Come here, lady. Step. Come here, lady. Step right over here. Close your eyes. Lift your hands as you do. The power of God comes upon you. Come here, lady. 96. Step right over here. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. Come here, both of you. Step right back there. Oh, you know what? It's the new Apple thing collapsed. It has to be. It's got to be technology collapse, you know. It's all the latest stuff we have. If, if we could just go back to the original stuff that we use, we could just play it. It's not digital. It's all the, can you try that one more time, guys? They're going to tell me the whole thing collapsed. Pastor, it's going to take three minutes to get back up. Have we gone forward as a society? Ladies and gentlemen, we have gone backwards as a society. We've gone back into the dark ages. All your photographs, you can't even play them anymore. The hard drives, they, they're frozen. Hard drives are frozen. You can't play your photographs. You can't play anything, videos, whatever. Can we try it one more time? Is it down? Can somebody talk to me from, from control? Is there any floor manager, somebody to give me information? Anyone with a headset that can tell me what's going on back in television? No one. Anyway, Pastor Eric was touched in those meetings. And if, if the thing had held, you would have seen him getting touched by the fire of God. And that turned his whole life around, turned his whole family around. Amen. One touch, Hallelujah. just one touch from the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Nobody telling me anything? They what? They converted the fire, but the fire should, the file should be converted and should stay converted. Why do we have to get the file saved every time we play it? Can we get that file converted and let it stay converted? Who actually operates the stuff? I even know that you should have it converted. Would you get that file converted? We're on live television around the world. Most of the time, I'm just trying to get preachers converted. 
because that's what happens to them. You put them up, they freeze. You do. You give them a microphone. So what happened? He needed to be converted. The fire will go out for a number of reasons. The fear of man. If you're afraid of what other people are going to think, which is really the burden on most people. Everybody is wondering about what other people are going to think. When you're more concerned about what God thinks and what other people think, then you're never going to have a problem. We're not here to impress people. We're not here so that people can think anything more of us. We're here to honor him. We're here to honor the king. Our whole life is about honoring Jesus. From the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep. And guys, when you have it ready, once it's converted, let's see how long it takes. It must be a Baptist file. As long as it takes to convert, you said the same thing, yeah. Just play it. Just interrupt my message and play the converted file. Without the Holy Spirit, you're going to be held back all the time. Fear. Fear of consequence. If I do that, then this is going to happen. Because here's the thing. When they threaten everybody with the lockdown and they say, we're going to arrest you, for me, it was an option. Because here's the thing. I already knew about the lockdowns. You know that, 2005. I already knew what they were going to do. For me to then go and lock the church down, knowing what I knew, first of all, I would betray the cross of Jesus Christ. I would betray the gospel that we preach. Because they said, no, people are going to come to church and they're going to die. No one's coming to church and going to die. People come to church are going to get healed. Are you with me? And going to get delivered. That was the first thing. So that means I would have to resign the ministry. Because how would I preach after that? How would I ever get up and tell the Lord's going to heal you? Because I would be proven that I was a liar, that I didn't believe a thing. Because God can heal you of stage four cancer. He can heal you of lupus, arthritis, and everything in between. But he can't heal you of COVID-19. Really? Not only would I have had to resign the ministry, I would have to leave America. Because that meant I'm the one that raised my hand to place to defend the Constitution. The Constitution gave me a right to meet in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a war. If they're dropping bombs on the next neighborhood, I could still have church here. No one can say you can't have church, they're dropping bombs. We're going to have church. Are you with me? That's what the Constitution afforded us. So for me, there was no gray area. There it is. Step right over here. Close your eyes, lift it your hands, the power of God comes upon you. Come here, lady. Step right over here. Close your eyes, lift your hands. Come here, both of you. Step right back there. Close your eyes, lift your hands as you do the power of God. Filled. Filled. Come here, dear lady. This Pastor Eric. Go back over there. Pastor Eric's in the blue on the aisle. You There's too. Jennifer. Quickly Pastor go Eric. back over there. That's you Pastor too. Eric. Help him. Ushers, quickly, quickly. Ushers, help. 
Bring him, put him in the line, put him in the line. We're the ushers, lift your hands. Filled right now, filled, filled, filled. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Phil, this is God's operating table. Come here, brother. Stand right here. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Come, lady, step right back over there. You too. Go right back over there. Okay, bring it back. Oh, hallelujah. Just one touch. That's 96. Just one touch. Somebody said, well, I don't want to get touched like that. I mean, I'm just... <laughs> you know, what will people think of me? Come here, brother. Come here. This brother right here. He's from Brazil. He just flew in from Brazil. Come here. Bring him here. Came from Brazil. Fire! Somebody said, oh, you mean God can do that here Sunday morning? Um, yes. Yeah, but I don't want to do that. Well, you can just sit like a bum on a log. <laughs> Remember, it's not just about falling down. If it was about falling down, we could have come here at 10 o'clock. I could have had everybody stand and count one, two, three. We all fall down. We could have gone home already. It's about you talking to the Lord, saying, Lord, would you touch me with your fire? I want to be set ablaze. And then we've got tonight and tomorrow morning, tomorrow night, and Tuesday morning, and Tuesday night, and Wednesday morning, and Wednesday night, and Thursday morning, and Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. But Sunday night, you'll be ablaze. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're going to carry it back to where you came from. Where's, where's the pastor from France? Where's the pastor from France? Is he here? Come here. I just met him this morning. He said, I've been watching. He's from France. He, he's actually originally from Australia, New Zealand area, went to play rugby in France, and then the lockdowns, and now he has a church. And I already saw, just when I shook his hand, outside I saw the fire. He said, I couldn't wait to get here. He said, we've got a little baby and stuff, so my wife didn't come, but she's watching. But when I shook your hands, I knew God's hands on you, and God's going to use it to shake that whole area in France. Fire! The fire of the Holy Ghost. God's going to use it in a powerful way. Hallelujah. Praise God. And he said, I've been watching everything from France. He said, I had to get you. And he said, the thing open for me to come. And I'm hungry and I want that fire. We're going to see France shaken. Viva la France.
a rugby player that came from Australia and was playing in France, played wing, and then things happened, and then he started to church, him and his wife, you know, got a little baby, hungry for God. See, if, if certain people want to do it, God just raise up another person. Somebody's file is going to get converted here this week. <laughs> Somebody's file is, is about to get converted here this week. So the fear man will go. Things that hold you back will not hold you back anymore. You will break the gravitational pull of sin. Stuff that's been holding you back, that the world always comes again. You will break it. You will break it. You'll break free of that. Those things will not hold you back anymore. You're not going to go back and you know, then you find yourself snorting cocaine quietly or smoking weed so your wife can't see that you're smoking weed. But you're back on the booze or whatever. All that stuff will go. And then you'll drink the new wine. Can you say amen? By the fire of God, you're going to be able to supersede every difficulty and every obstacle that will come your way coming out of this week. It doesn't matter what the enemy throws at you. The fire of God is equivalent to propel you through every obstacle or everything that will come your way. Hallelujah. Then the fire makes you usable. Remember, he's the, he's the potter, we the clay. He molds us and makes us. He fashions us. So the fire makes us usable. You know, the pot, the pot does not moan to the potter. No, I don't like that design. <laughs> the clay just sits there and is molded. You know what I mean? And then the clay is put into the, into the fire, and then it comes out what it is. These beautiful redentos were forged in fire. These beautiful vases are actually thrown away glass that they would just throw away and dump. And the son of the glass maker, the glass blower said, he said to his father, can we use some of this? He said, no. He said, there's many different colors in there and they all melted at a different temperature. He said, come on, dad, surely we can use this. So the dad took it and blew out one of these vases. Each vase is a one of a kind piece, can never be replicated again. And he called me, he said to me, when you build your new building, I'm going to put these in your church because this represents what the river is. The river takes pieces that have been thrown away that no one can use and puts fire on them and out of it comes something beautiful. Yeah. So somebody said, well, I've been rejected. I've been thrown away. That's fine. We'll put the fire on you. And let me tell you what's going to come out of you is going to be something that's beautiful that God is going to use in a powerful way to touch the lives of many people. The fire spreads the gospel. Why are we going to 10 countries in Africa? And we're going in at one of the nations, the king 
of the country is pulling all these people together. And he's paying for everything. A mass crusade by the invitation of the king. He just contacted and said, he needs my measurements. They want to make me a uniform, you know, their national dress. So, but at the invitation of the king to speak to the royal household, to speak to his people and to his kingdom. Listen, while we're going through Africa, three days in each country, to put fire to put fire. Somebody's going to catch fire. We can't keep this fire to ourselves. We're going to give this fire out to everybody. The whole of Tampa's catching fire. Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater. The whole of Central Florida's catching fire. America will catch fire. If we don't have the fire of the Holy Ghost, then the devil will burn our country down. But I've got news for you. The fire of the Holy Ghost will shake America to the very core. And the same fire that purifies, the same fire that burns out all the nonsense, the same fire protects. So that means it's the safest place to be in the middle of the fire. If you don't believe that, ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hey, brother, come here. What's happening? Huh? What's happening? You feel that on you? Look at me. When you get home, you're going to lay hands on every Frenchman, and the fire is going to spread from you to them. It's going to spread whatever t- the town you're in, Rouen, R O U E N, R O, Rouen, 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 Le Feu, Rouen. Just one touch. So talk to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they were in the fire. The people that threw them in the fire died, but they were safe. So the fire will protect you. It's the fire of God that will protect the body of Christ in this final hour. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the same was with the children of Israel. Because when they left Egypt, they had the pillar of fire by day and the cloud, or the cloud by day and the fire by night. The fire protected them. So the enemy can't come. If he tries to get near you, he's going to get burnt. The moment he tries to get near you, it's going to get really hot for him. And so the moment he leaves you alone, then he has peace. The moment he tries to touch you, then he gets burnt. That's how God protects the righteous. Can you say amen? Amen. That's why you want to stay right in the middle of what God's doing. Can you say amen? Amen. Now we've got got eight days of this. Today through next Sunday, eight days. The first thing, it starts always with your first love. The first love is your passion. The passion of how in love with Jesus that you are. And you know, when you, when you talk to people and you see people that just fall in love and they're so passionate about each other, you, t- you see people that have been married a long time, you know, well, I love my wife, but they're not, that passion is not there, you know. You talk to Christians that are first saved, they're so passionate about Jesus. And then people that have been serving God for a long time, 
They just don't have that passion. So you have to look on the inside and say, okay, Lord, I need that first love back. I need that first love, that first fire that I had when I was first saved. I need that back. I must have that back. And God will, it'll be rekindled again. And you have to do this in the middle of all kinds of nonsense. If you knew what was thrown at me on a daily basis, you would not believe it. If you knew what comes across my phone on a daily basis, texts, emails, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a joke now. It's a total joke because I know what it is. I know where it's coming from. It's not anything to even react to. I just totally ignore it. And just keep the fire burning, because if you don't, you let the fire, you know, you let it wane. Every time we come to a conference like this, then I have some lunatics start texting me out of the blue. I don't hear from them for six months or whatever. It's always some demon-possessed, backslidden individual high on whiskey <laughs> texting me late at night to ask me how am I. I got a text last night and said, I saw you on direct TV. You had a beard. <laughs> and and you, you put on some weight. I said, uh, he said, is everything okay? <laughs> he said, I know I've been through it much, but uh, is everything all right? <laughs> I'd, I'd already shaved everything off. I said, actual fact, I'm doing fine. I'm actually clean shaven and working on my weight. But I was going to text, but obviously you're drunk. Because <laughs> I only hear from you when you're drunk. And the very next text it came was accusing me of all kinds of stuff. So I just blocked. You know, basically, you don't ever care about me. I actually do, but it's hard to talk to a drunk person. You know what I mean? person spaced out on whatever they spaced on. It's hard to even communicate with them. Don't fight with a drunk person. <laughs> I'll even get texts in the middle of my sermon from total random field nonsense. They know I'm preaching. Demon. <laughs> it's my fault I've got 3,900 names in my phone. I'm sorry. Okay. I talk to everybody. So there can be many things that come against your life. The fire has to supersede what comes against your life. Are you with me? And there's some things that you know about, but there's some things you don't know about. Who would have even thought for a second that the planet would be locked down in 2020? Nobody. So who would even think about some of the nonsense that's already being planned? 
I know. I haven't told you yet. Somebody says you're going to tell us? Probably. We'll see. I just want to get you full of the fire. Because the fire will carry you and the Holy Ghost will carry you. Can you say amen? The Holy Ghost is going to carry you through whatever storm might come. Whatever wind might blow. Whatever shaking might take place. God the Holy Ghost will carry you through all of that. And your family will be sustained. Your home will be sustained. Your children will be sustained. Your grandchildren will be sustained. And you'll not fail. You'll not fail. Because the Lord is with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want everybody to bow your heads across the room, if you would, please. And you that are watching in your homes, I want to give an invitation to today. If you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Maybe you came here today, you say, Pastor, I've, I've never given my life to Jesus, but I'd like to do that right now. I want to give my life to him. You say, Pastor, if I died right now, I don't know where I would even spend eternity. I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to the devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid, the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all the guilty stains. Today, the power of sin will be broken off of your life. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. You might have come in here one way, but you'll leave another way. Today, the Lord calls you. He says, come. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and the heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He calls you. He says, come. Come unto me. He loves you. With arms outstretched. He says, Come. I'm going to give you a new life. I'm going to transform you. I'm going to change you. Somebody said, my life's been a series of calamity after calamity. Well, from this day, your life's going to go from glory unto glory. Because that's what Jesus does. Maybe you're here and you gave your life to the Lord in days gone by, but... You've grown cold. You're not serving God like you should. You've allowed the first love to, to dissipate. You've allowed that joy of your salvation to wane. But the Lord is speaking to you today. Maybe something hidden that no one can see. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust. The hidden things that clog the heart of man. But today, he says, come. Maybe it's something outward that all can see. And that makes it even worse because you feel, well, what's the use? Everybody knows, you know, what I'm. But God's a God of a second chance and a new beginning. Will you surrender afresh to him? And then maybe you sit here and you say, you know, a storm came against my life. I was going along. I was doing fine. I was serving God. And then like a Mack truck from hell hit me. A sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that... It knocked the wind out of my sails. But today, I want to come back. 
I want to come back. I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. And then lastly, as I'm sitting here today, as I'm watching even in my home, Pastor, I'm not sure. I don't have the assurance of my salvation, but I want to know. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm saved. I'd like to know that today. If this is you, you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Right where you are, quickly, put your hand up and say, pray for me. On the ground floor, up in the air, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands are going up in the balcony, yeah, on the floor, up there. Quickly, slip it up high, slip it up high, slip it up high, all the way to the back, all the way up on the sides, all the way over here. Yes, yes, today's your day. Today's your day of freedom and liberty. I want every person that raise your hand, if you would stand, stand right where you are. Every person, just stand, 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 stand. All across, up at the balcony, stand, stand, stand. Now, if you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included in the prayer we're going to pray, you can feel God just talking to you. You can feel your heart just pounding away. The Lord says, now, today. Somebody said, I'll leave it till tomorrow. No, no, today. There might not be a tomorrow. Today, today. If that's you, quickly stand along with them because we're going to pray together. Quickly, stand. Stand. I'm going to ask those that are standing, if you would just come from where you are and just come stand here. Walk out of your seats. Come. Everybody that's standing, just come stand. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Come. Come. Come now. To follow Jesus. Come from the balcony. Come from the main floor. To follow Jesus. I have decided... To follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. Before me, the world behind me will wait for you from the balcony. Come, the world behind me, no turning back. No turning back. You can take the whole world, but give me Jesus. You can take the whole world, but give me Jesus. You can take the whole world, 
give me Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. I want everyone standing here, if you'd look at me for a moment. Standing here today are three different categories. People come for the very first time to say, Lord, here I am. Others that have come to say, I want to make sure, I want to make right. And then others, they just, when they leave this place, they just want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. In other words, you'll never have that thought again. You'll know beyond a shadow. I'm a child of God. Because that's how the devil lies at people and then tries to put you in a corner to where you don't got to do anything for God. Who do you think you are? It's not who we think we are. It's who he says we are. Are you with me? So we're going to pray a very simple prayer. One prayer fits all. And you believe in your heart, say with your mouth, pray with me. And then God's going to do the work on the inside of you. For you that are watching by television, it'll take place in your home as you pray together with us. So just close your eyes, raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. Pray this together with me. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in my heart, that God has raised you from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. Now just lift those hands and begin to thank him right now. Just thank him right now. Let me pray over you. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day, not one will be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray. Thank you, Lord, that between now and the time that you come to take us home, every one of them will fulfill heaven's purpose and plan for their life. That on that day, they will hear these words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Now thank you for that now. In Jesus, name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Just lift your hands and thank him right now. Just close your eyes. Lift your hands and thank him. Just thank him. Just thank him. Just thank him. Just, thank him. Just say thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, that's fine. She's thanking the Lord in other tongues. It's okay. It's a heavenly language. She's fine. That's all right. Don't worry. The Bible says you give thanks well. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for heavenly language. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.